Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Good morning. Let's go. Covering the sports and teams you care about all through your morning. Ramon Foster. They were just super toxic. Kayla Anderson. Thanks for joining the morning coffee crew. And Will Bowling. I was the size of one goldfish cracker when I was in high school. Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Brewed by Ethan Rose. On 104.5 The Zone. Kane is in the building. Second half of the show, hour number three starts right now on a loaded edition of Ramon, Kayla, and Will. RKW, brewed by Eighth and Roasts on 104.5 The Zone. The snickering is Ramon Foster in Indianapolis. Kayla Anderson (laughs) in studio. Robert Walsh behind the glass. I'm Will Bolding. When I try to make Ramon Foster laugh, I can't, but apparently I have done something to make him chuckle now. What what did I do? Oh, uh, it was Kirby bragging about his bands on his backpack not getting cut off, man. I think ah, he had a dang. he 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 had a secret handshake with the lady is what he's telling me. Kirby oh. Allen Kirby knows every security staff member in the National Football League. Every single one of them. Every I single one of them. Popular. Not not just that, but also the the animals that they employ around here. He gave us a uh, National Ge- Geographic update about uh, one male dog feline <laughs> oh into a female dog in the system. Um, but it's 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 rated for radio, and he's t- turning on his man. mic right now. He's turning on his Kirby, mic. Oh, Kirby, Kirby. What's up? Hey, good morning, folks. It wasn't anything bad, but we have a nice chocolate lab outside, one of the <gasps> officers' dogs. And then we have a younger female black lab, and uh, our fella was wetting the eyebrows. And he kept, uh, <laughs> and his handler twice said, leave her alone. And she's halfway across the room, but he would not quit turning and looking. And so as the other officer with the black lab made his way back up, you know, how they patrol, mm. made his back up, way back up to the gates there. He said, okay, you can say hi. And this dude came apart. He just did the shake and, okay, man, I'm going to go talk to the girl. Wow. So, in other words, like funny. the way Buck looks at free press box food for media. Right. Yeah, or like anytime you see a UT van go by. That's like You guys are like, oh, 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 oh. That was our fellow out there today. Kirby, was he fixed, though? I didn't investigate. Okay. I mean, that's beyond let's, me. Let's just get, I was looking. Just I, 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 eye contact us. only. You know what I mean? Eye contact right. only. <laughs> Look. Let's <laughs> try to. Try to bear, just Where is she taking this show? She's trying to get a letter. Wow. I want a puppy, a new one. I want another oh, one. Kayla, you got to stop having Red abuse you first before we get you another dog. <laughs> Red's let's in trouble. He's in the doghouse. Yeah. Well, that's where he lives, Kayla. Come on. Now. I know. I know. Kirby yeah. Allen Kirby, thank you for uh, keeping us all on, on the rails and going out to the, the airwaves. By, by the way, man, I went on the other side of the curtain where the uh, defensive players are interviewing. They got, I think, uh, linebackers and DNs, if I'm not mistaken. If y'all ever want to tell the difference between a football player, soccer player, a regular human being in, in the world, look at the necks. Okay? <laughs> yeah. 
these I didn't and mine was that way. My wife used to tell me your neck is she used to just tell me it's just skinny now. And I was like, What are you talking about? Like the necks of like current football players, thick. How many C's are we using? Two okay. Q's. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yes. And a silent K. Like you, you realize again, I say this uh for this time of the year, like it's a young man's game. Like yeah. these mm-hmm. dudes are uh don't don't try dudes in public because you've had a couple, you know, liquid courage drinks and stuff like that. Like they're built different. And even me as a former player, I see that. Six one five seven three seven one oh four five. We'll get back to Titans discussion coming up in fifteen minutes and ask the question if the Titans tipped their hand on the number seven overall pick at all yesterday from Brian Callahan and Rand Carthon's conversations with the media. You can vote on our poll of the morning. At Ramon Kayla Will on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, wherever your heart leads you, that says, what is more likely at pick number seven for the Titans, wide receiver or left tackle? 68% so far say left tackle, which surprises me a bit, considering how much we spoke about wide receivers yesterday in Indianapolis. We'll get back to that discussion coming up in just a few minutes. But guys, big one at the Food City Center in Thompson Bowling Arena tonight as Tennessee takes on Auburn, two of the most balanced teams in the SEC, where Tennessee ranks sixth in the country, according to Ken Palm. Auburn is fifth in the country, according to the analytics of KenPalm.com. The Tigers have the number two defense and the number 21 offense, or excuse me, Tennessee, number two defense, number 21 offense. Auburn has the number five defense and the number 15 offense. So two teams that get it done on both sides of the floor. Bruce Pearl saying yesterday, I think Tennessee is the best team in the league. Way to rub our back, Bruce. <laughs> way, way to rub our back. <laughs> our game, man. I, I got to give it to Bruce, man. That's the thing you love about him as a coach, as a recruiter, and when he's on your side. And I think a lot of Tennessee fans still feel that way about Bruce Pearl and his ability to be charismatic like that. He understands the game. He's a good football coach, a proven winner, uh, and, and he knows how to play that game. Um, and I, I'll say this too. Coach Barnes has been around long enough to understand what that is. He's saying, man, basically I, I mutually respect you. This is going to be a haymaker type of game, and may the best coaching team win. I, I love this buildup of that type of stuff, man. You got two really good teams uh, playing at TBA, man, and I'm excited to see what this looks like. I expect it to be fast-paced. I expect the refs to somewhat move out of the way. Do we know who the referee is going to be? Because if it's Pat Adams, then I'm going to go ahead and log Whoa. it as a loss for the balls, just on the basis of his history, man. I've learned the ways of PA, Will, okay? War I, criminal, I've learned. Adams. Kayla, I see you snickering right now. No, I know. I've heard some stories. I'd rather have Angel Hernandez <laughs> call a football game. Oh. I'd rather have Jerome Boger do a say, baseball Boger? game. I, I, I'd let Jerome Boger umpire a Major League <laughs> Baseball game before I would sign up for Pat Adams calling his sport of college basketball. In big games, though, too. But oh. this is the matchup right here that you want and love. And, and as much as Bruce say about uh, good things about the Vols, Auburn is just as good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the perimeter and, and keeping our bigs out of trouble is going to be big. This is an ADU type of game, too, to where if you want to control the pace tonight, 
you start with him and you back that up with Tobey Awaka, too. I'm into that game, man. We spoke about this yesterday with Savage. This is where when you need a shot and you need to be able to free up your offense, this is where Santi Vescovi has to be able to come into play, too. I did all of that. What I'll even mention is Zakai, Dalton Connect, Josiah, and the rest of the crew, too. These are the three guys that I'm counting on in a game like this. This is the type of basketball I absolutely love, especially this time of year when we're starting to get that itch for March Madness. Obviously, we've got the SEC tournament here in Nashville before that, where I think we'll see some good games, too. But this is the type of game that everybody who is preparing for that time of year wants to watch. Because I think you're going to see two incredible teams going face-to-face in an arena that you guys and, and Ramon said you know last week, just being proud of the you know, the fan that are there and just the atmosphere that they are doing and giving for this Tennessee team uh, that has just been really successful the last few years. But this is the game you've got to win. And I think this is a game that gives you a lot of confidence. I know that Bruce Pearl has his eye on Dalton Connect and he says, hey, he's going to get his. You just don't want him to go off. And that's why I think it's important for Tennessee in this game to continue to have those guys I know, come off the bench. Just every single point matters in this type of game. Uh, it, it's gonna. I think it's gonna go down the wire. If you want to ask me, but I'm here for it. Let's play. Name that line. What is the Vegas line of Tennessee Auburn? Uh, half a point. Half a point. Yeah. Okay, Kayla. Three. Robert Walsh. I'll go three and a half. It opened at four and a half. Okay. And so many people bet Tennessee that it is now six and a half towards the ball. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I, it w- I was going to get it at five and a half, but I don't think I'm confident enough about six. Ken Palm projects a three-point Tennessee win. 76-73 uh, okay. is what Ken Palm projects. Hey, Will, I'm just going to preface this. Don't ever ask me about a line. Okay? I, I, I think you realize Unless that Unless you're I at the barbershop and you're getting lined line up. Line dancing, maybe. We'll just, we'll, just, we'll just leave the lines to your barber, Ramon. Right? Yeah. Please, man. I'm talking, I'll line dance before I set a Vegas line. You hear me? <laughs> you will ask Ramon's, me. Ramon will do do but he's not going to go to his sportsbook app to bet on a line. How many times I got to tell you? I'll play ball, okay? Swing your it. partner round and round, Ramon Foster. Yeah, that's all I'm admit. telling you, man. Man, Ain't no gambling a- in Ripley, Tennessee, anyway. No. Feel me. At least well, not for we, got you. It. we got it in Tennessee, but I don't know if it's Matt Ripley yet, man. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, um, it? Honestly, isn't with Auburn, too, they might be down a guy. Yeah, Jalen Williams, Williams is a game-time decision, according to Bruce Pearl yesterday. John Rothstein tweeting that out, saying that Jalen Williams will travel to Knoxville. Bruce Pearl saying he is a game-time decision, has not played in 11 days uh, since that nasty fall he took against Kentucky, averages 13 points per game and four and a half rebounds per game. He is an important player for Auburn to have. I do not think Tennessee will lose to a Jalen Williams-less Auburn team. I think if Auburn wins, they're going to have to have him in. If Auburn wins, I think so that's too. my yeah, uneducated opinion. 615-737-1045. Did the Titans tip their hand about the number seven overall pick? Yesterday, we'll talk left tackle versus wide receiver and protecting Will Levis next. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? 
Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. RKW is brewed by 8th and Rose Tall, 104.5 The Zone, 615-737-1045. How you jump in? Were the Titans lying to us yesterday? <laughs> That's what we want to ask the people. Do you believe Brian Callahan and Rand Carthon when they say, we want playmakers and we're going to emphasize guys who can put the ball in the paint more so than the big guys blocking for our quarterback. Ramon Foster, Kayla Anderson, Will Bowling, and Robert Walsh with you. We'll answer that question here over the next 20 minutes before Rhett Bryan joins us at 9 o'clock from Indy this morning. Let's go to the phones now. Let's go to Dustin in Laverne first up. What's up, Dustin? Hey, what's up, guys? I hope you're having a good morning. Um, yeah, I just wanted to pretty much address the wide receiver room. I kind of was thinking in my head, and if we would use our number seven pick, let's just say Rome was still there. I think you have to get that guy. He's got speed, strength, you know, he's got size. He just seems like the total package. Um, and then if you got someone like him, you still got DeAndre Hopkins, and you might be able to get someone like Tyler Boyd, not too expensive. If you get him under like $20 million, then, you know, you'd have a pretty good little wide receiver cast going on there. So just an idea for all that. And uh, if Rome does end up being the truth, we should just call him Doomsday. So I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Thank you, Dustin. I like that nickname. The issue I have with Tyler Boyd is if you are going for more speed, Mm -hmm. specifically in the slot, that's not him. I I don't dislike Tyler Boyd, but at the NFL Combine, Tyler Boyd ran a 4-5-8-40. So I still think Tyler Boyd, although I like that addition potentially for the Titans, does not solve your speed problem out of the slot, where I still think... You could go for a Calvin Ridley or a Hollywood, Hollywood. Brown as well and pay the $20 million premium for yeah. a wide receiver that runs in the four threes or low four fours. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Will, too. I, I, I don't, I see what he's going for in terms of the Tyler Boyd, pick, Boyd pickup because I do think it's a good pickup for a team. Um, but yeah, I, I think you have to have speed. I don't think they're joking around or, or leading us astray when they say they need to have speed. I think they're going to address that somehow, whether that be in the draft or in free agency. And on his thoughts on Roma Dunze, look, I, he's he's one of my favorites in the draft in terms of wide receivers. Uh, I think this guy can do it all. I think he is a difference maker. But I, I think that if they don't have the tackles available, they pick a guy like Rome Adunze. I don't I don't know if they pass over a wide receiver in that spot, but I still feel like you got to go with the tackle if they're there. The the thing to me about a guy like Tyler Boyd is this: he always finds a way to get open and get positive yards too. Like I I know the combine numbers of his forty four five, whatever the case may be. Like the differences between a four five and a four four on the football field is slight. 
Like, I don't think it's much to it. There is a such thing as game speed versus, you know, field speed as far as you just simply run it. I don't put much stock into that unless the guy's just proven to be a slug. Tyler Boyd to me isn't a slug. He's an efficient pass catcher when it comes down to what he's capable of doing. And and that's where I will lay on. Like, again, football speed, time speed is two totally different avenues to me. I like the fact that you, you can have a pass catcher and a weapon. That's what this team needs more than anything. So if Tyler Board is a the guy they decide to bring in, I ain't opposed to it just on the basis of he can move the chains for you if he ain't having drops and all those types of things. A hundred percent. And I totally agree that four five eight versus a four four five on a football field is not a massive difference. But I am concerned that you bring in a guy like that who is a technician as far as a route runner over the middle and in tight spaces. If you don't have a deep threat wide receiver in this offense, tight spaces get tighter. And how much of Tyler Boyd's success in Cincinnati is because you have to give Jamar Chase and T. Higgins so much attention, right? Like Tyler Boyd to me is a solution. He is not the solution at wide receiver. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be more concerned um, with, with probably the, the age that he is, about to turn 30 more than in his playmaker. But right. I like right. him. I'm be real with you. Right. He, uh, and, he's a good player. And he got his, yeah, he's a good player. We'll, we'll leave it at that. He's really a good, good player. player. I wouldn't be opposed to it, uh, turning my nose up at it if you decide to sign a guy like him. So let's go back to what Brian Callahan said on the Buck Rising show Yesterday morning, this was, to me, the most significant thing that came out of combine conversations with Titans executives yesterday. You know, one one of the things I've always said when, when asked about this debate is um, I, I had landed at some point in my career, usually in, in Denver is usually what I liken back to when we had uh, Demarius Thomas, uh, Wes Welker, Julius Thomas, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Obviously, we had a great quarterback that was at, at the end of his career. Um, but those guys in one-on-one situations could win uh, when you needed them to win. And in a tight moment at the end of a game, all those things. And so I've always that's always resonated with me. And when we had a chance to pick a player like Jamar, um, I always just thought back to what that offense looked like. And that was sort of the vision of what we were trying to look like in Cincinnati with an elite quarterback, elite processor, um, to find guys that could go in and separate and the debate was always well you got to protect the quarterback obviously or you can't throw the ball and we didn't necessarily believe that we felt like if you got great players on the perimeter they can go win versus press coverage and all the teams that are trying to condense everything and rush the passer uh, if you can win quick you can throw quick Um, so that was our philosophy in that moment obviously Jamar Chase coming out premier player Uh, there was no doubt that he was going to be an all-pro player. There was no doubt that Panay Sewell was going to be an all-pro style tackle. There was no question on either one of those players, right. um, their talent level and how they would fit in the NFL. I think that's unique. I don't know that you're ever going to get in a spot where sure. both, both of those guys Different year. Are, are that caliber of player where there's going to be one that's going to be better than the other, and, and that sort of makes a decision for you at the end of the day. But um, I've always felt like today's offenses, I think you still have to protect the quarterback, um, but but to score points, you got to have guys that can score points. And um, I've always felt that. I've always believed that. That doesn't mean that that's we're just going to automatically take a receiver. Uh, hey, you're giving people chest tightness. Yeah, no, that doesn't, <laughs> I, I don't mean to say that. I'm just philosophically, I've always felt like the, the better, more, more talented receivers you have, the better chance you have to score points. Um, but 
that being said, we are in, in year one here versus year three. We were in Cincinnati. We had a young Joe Burrow already played a year, um, and we were trying to give him as many weapons as we could. Uh, so I think the situations, while the position comparison is similar, I think the situations uh, ultimately are pretty different. So um, how that shakes out, we'll see. Uh, but there's there's, there's still there's two there's good receivers and good tackles that'll be available at our pick. I have a theory on why Brian Callahan is saying this so clearly. But before I get to that, mm. what do you guys think about that comment? And are the Titans being totally honest with us, or are they trying to mislead us? There's there's always a little sport and uh, in, in talking openly like this when they have to talk in these scenarios. I think most head coaches are here or will speak at some capacity. Uh, it's super early in this process. Free agency hadn't ticked, hadn't jumped off yet. Saying stuff like that um, could, could, you know, somewhat leave you in a position to where you're exposed by saying too much on what you really want to do. It's just like one of those things where don't tell people your ideas because they may actually steal them and get rich off of them. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's. I ain't going to say they're lying to them. I think scenarios have to set themselves up to where a receiver presents himself that you didn't think that. I don't know what the quarterback run is going to be like. The first three teams need quarterbacks, essentially. Carolina, Washington, and New England. If you go one, two, three there, your board completely changes as far as the positions and the wide receiver that you want, I don't know if it's Marvin Harrison Jr., if he's able to slide in a spot like that, but th- that opportunity might present itself that a guy that you didn't think was going to be there could be there at seven. So I'll entertain it. Do I believe him? Nah. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about it yesterday. I mean, it clearly stole the headlines, or at least it was one of the biggest headlines that you took yesterday from the conversations that Rand Carthon had and Brian Callahan had with the media. And I think there is some truth to it, guys, just for the fact that Brian Callahan truly believes in his type of offense. I mean, he said his time in Denver taught him a lot. He was actually, I think, with the Broncos for a minute where they, you know, before they got Peyton Manning, then they got Peyton Manning, then they won a Super Bowl. So he kind of went through you know, the things that he saw there that he really liked out of the wide receivers and what they were able to give their quarterbacks. And I truly believe that he wants to be able to give Will Levis as much of a playmaking, you know, uh, sheet of players that he can because Will Levis is going to only be better if he has better weapons. And I truly feel like he is a quarterback coach, right? He is a, he is a guy that is going to put his quarterback in the best position to win. And he knew taking this job, Will Levis has a ways to go. He's not necessarily Joe Burrow in, in year two, like he mentioned when they decided to take Jamar Chase. So I think there is some truth to this because I feel like Roma Dunze and Malik neighbors are special. And I know he said nobody compares to Jamar Chase. Well, Jamar Chase is his own player. But if they truly feel like Aroma Dunze is special and can be a difference maker for, you know, Will Levis, I think that they pick him. I think they take the wide receiver. In my opinion, though, guys, I am sticking with the left tackle. If you've got Joe Alt, if you've got Olu Fashanu there, you have to start in terms of what's in front of Will Levis and right now it's a bunch of it's a bunch of scraps. So let's play some hypotheticals. Let's say Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone because there's no way Marvin Harrison Jr. No. gets to seven. I think we all agree that if Marvin Harrison Jr. by an act of God is at seven, 
you should pick him. So that's kind of the trump card. But let's not even entertain that possibility. Let's say you pick between Malik Neighbors and Joe Alt. Both are available at number seven. Give me a name. Who do you pick? Uh, Joe Alt. Kayla? Joe Alt. Let's say it's Olu Fashanu versus Malik Neighbors. Who do you pick? Fashanu. Kayla? I'm still going Fashanu. Let's say it's Amarius Mims versus Roma Dunze. Third Adunze. tackle. Dunze. I think that's the part where this changes. Because to me, I'm curious, and, and this isn't my theory. I'll get to that in a minute. But I'm curious, though, if Brian Callahan talks about we had this idea in Cincy that we didn't need to perfectly protect the quarterback because we wanted guys who could win one-on-one in man coverage. What's the biggest difference between Joe Burrow and Will Levis? It's athleticism. Could the Titans gamble on the fact that Will Levis can protect himself as a mobile quarterback in the pocket more than Joe Burrow, who is more of a stable platform thrower? Is that part of the equation for Brian Callahan to say, look, we don't need as much protection for for my guy because I'm going to teach my guy how to protect himself and stay healthy. Can you get behind that? I can see a world where that exists, um, but it's also a factor of staying in the pocket long enough to know when you have to escape to, long enough to let the play develop to where you don't automatically abort mission every single time a rusher's in your face. That's the only issue I have, and when believing in him, my protection of Will Levis, to me, I think turns to the type of plays that you're calling for him. If protection up front, as far as the offensive line is concerned, isn't that good. That's my... Uh, contingency on trusting and 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 Will Levis to get rid of the ball is how you formulate an offense to get the ball out of his hand. And I think Will Levis too. It, we're we're talking about Joe Burrow versus Will Levis, and you mentioned the athleticism. And I know you know Will Levis last year did some really incredible things where it made us all say, "Ooh, ah," you know, in terms of using his legs or doing some things that might be a little risky. And I think those are the things that Brian Callahan wants to fix a little bit in terms of, okay, you got to keep the body right no matter what. You've got, I think he wants him to have a little time back there, but when he needs to use his athleticism, he can use it. It's all about finding the balance there. And that's why I think no matter what, you've got to have your line more stout than it is because let's say an injury happens to one of your top wide receivers, right? I mean, you got to make sure that that line is able to be uh, consistent, be able to be that line for years to come, and you're not always just interchanging parts. Uh, I just feel like you have to start with the line up front, you guys, at some point, and it's hard to th- to, to say I'm going to draft another offensive lineman because it's boring, but it, the, it's the state of the Titans right now. It It is what it is. I think Brian Callahan will have learned from the fact that Joe Burrow had season-ending injuries early in the season twice while they were together in Cincinnati. Here's my theory, guys. I think the Titans learned their lesson last season being too obvious about what they wanted to do. The Titans publicly liked C.J. Stroud. Houston then made it more of a point to lie about wanting C.J. Stroud than they went and took C.J. Stroud. I think Rain Carthon in the building last year learned their lesson. The Titans learned their lesson about being too loose with what they wanted to do and where they wanted to go. And now they're telling us something that is sending us on a wild goose chase. I could be wrong. 
this could be, look, they really do value wide receiver, and maybe they love Roma Dunze enough to make him the guy. I think that is completely within the realm of possibility. But I genuinely believe that they were too loose with their strategy last year, and it cost them. And now they are not going to be as honest with us. And Rand Carthon is telling Brian, hey, lean, lean on what you guys did in Cincy. Mm-hmm. We, we can send these guys on a goose chase about precedent and about what you guys did. This ain't Cincy. Will Levis is not Joe Burrow. The Titans are not in a scenario with a number one overall pick quarterback to go ahead and get the shiny weapons. They need Will Levis to finish a full season because two years in a row, the Titans have had, what, three different starting quarterbacks start back-to-back seasons? Yeah. Between Malik Willis, Will Levis, Ryan Tannehill, Joshua Dobbs. In 2022 and in 2023, you had three different starting quarterbacks Mm -hmm. start a game. You have not had a quarterback start and finish the season healthy since 2021 in two-tone blue. And if you do not correctly address the offensive line, it's going to be a third straight year. If you go the shiny wide receiver and do the fun pick that puts butts in the seats, then Will Levis is going to get hurt again. And you're going to be right back to square one again about like, well... Do we have the backup quarterback, and is Dobbs back, and can Malik play? I don't want to watch Malik Willis play quarterback for this team. I want to watch Will Levis start week one and start week 18, and I think the Titans know that. Can I say one thing, one thing, too, about the offensive line and Bill Callahan specifically? Because I think he's going to have a say in whatever lineman they decide to pick at any point of this draft because I feel like they got to draft him at some point. And I feel like if Bill Callahan sees an alt and a Fashanu in that spot and is like, we cannot pass up on one of these guys. Like if a man knows offensive line, we know it's Ramon Foster first, but after that is Bill Callahan. And, and, you know, he's the line coach right now for the Tennessee Titans. He's already got to do a ton of developing on this line, guys. Don't you feel like if he has one of the best available in the draft, he's going to be like, hey, Brian, like we need to do this. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating pre-draft process. I will lean also into last year's conversation because that draft night, that conversation of moving up for C.J. Stroud, I, loud. I feel like was more real than everybody knew or everybody, you know what I'm saying, like understood. It's, it's fascinating. Like I said earlier when we spoke about it in the sixes, um, the idea that they're sports and saying stuff in the media. I do think C.J. Stroud was – uh, he was crapped on some because the teams wanted him that much too to see how far he would slide to see if you can get him. Um, and then of course you back that up with the fact that the Titans move up in the second round to get Will Levis. So the, the conversation I think was more real and 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 more close to actually happening than we'll ever know. I love to get that answer from Rand or somebody in the front office too. Like, were you guys mm-hmm. serious about? moving up or was it just rumors if we can get the truth you know well they did take a quarterback right so it makes you think that was on their mind i think they loved cj stroud i think they wanted to move up to get him and i think they were too obvious about it and made houston look elsewhere to make other deals and ultimately lost out on now the best quarterback in the division Mm -hmm. and they learned a hard lesson last season and being over eager in their pursuit of the top quarterback in the draft. hundred percent. And I think now they're, they're not going to be as honest about what they want. But what did we say a couple <laughs> weeks ago? Well, we started the draft process the week after the Super Bowl. You usually end up taking the, the guy in the first mock draft, right? Like regardless of, yeah. you know, outside of the injuries and sometimes 
guys kill their draft stock in interviews or in 40-yard dash and all these things. But, like, more often than not, it's the guy that you pick in your first mock from the local perspective that ends up being the guy. Because now we're going to hear lies. We're going to overthink it. We're going to believe some things that aren't true. We're going to overlook some things that are true. But we all thought Peter Skronsky was the guy. Mm-hmm. at the beginning of the draft process last year. And who did they go with? Peter. And what did Rand Carthon tell us afterwards? This was an obvious yeah. and easy pick. You know what Joe Alt is? An obvious and easy pick. If he was available to you at 7. Yep. 615-737-1045 is our number. Coming up, there is new reporting about Tennessee versus the NCAA. And something Tennessee did in December 2022 to prepare for, to prepare for the legal battle They just had with the NCAA. Details next. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I was in, like, in a company, and I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and... Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Wrapping up the third quarter of RKW, Ramon, Kayla, and Will is brewed by 8th and Roasted. In 10 minutes, we'll be joined by the executive producer of Titans Radio, live in Indy. He is the one and only Rhett Bryant. Coming up in just a few, 615-737-1045 is our number. We'll get to this new story from Adam Sparks of the Knoxville News Sentinel on Nico Iamaliava in just a moment. But first, let's go to the phones where Ryan is in Gallatin. What's up, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, play markers are super important. But if you get that last tackle right, he affects every play for the next 10 years, and we cannot mess this up. We have to get that line to give everybody a little more time to run or throw or whatever. That's all I got. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan, and I, I was chatting with some people in the FNM Bank chat, and Look, I think sometimes those big names can catch us, you know, and suck us in. And I get it. Some of those guys are going to be incredible with the Malik Neighbors and the Roman Duzes. But there has been some real big-time wide receivers that have gone in the second round, right? I mean, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup went later than that. So those are just examples of you can really find some great wide receivers with a second-round pick. And, guys, this class for wide receivers is freaking deep. It is. Certainly is. Uh, appreciate the call. Ryan, so there is new reporting from Adam Sparks on Nico Iamaliava that I think is very interesting and tells a good story about Tennessee and their ability to protect themselves. Documents that have been obtained by the Knoxville News Sentinel and Adam Sparks say that Tennessee was preparing to fight the NCAA for Nico Iamaliava's NIL rights in December 2022. 
This was before Nico Iamaliava was ever a Tennessee football player, and the same law firm that helped Tennessee investigate itself on the Jeremy Pruitt case, they were also being given a second invoice. There was a second set of invoices for December 2022 to February 2023, and a UT Athletic spokesman has confirmed to the Knoxville News Sentinel that a law firm was working on the threat of a future NIL probe 14 months ago. So Tennessee, essentially what they did with this situation with the NCAA, as soon as he signed his national letter of intent, university paid attorneys were preparing to defend his rights to NIL before the NCAA even ever made him an official player in college football. That is interesting and intelligent because the legal battle just happened and Tennessee won the injunction in part because they were literally preparing for this fight the second the guy signed his national letter of intent. I think you just got to be realistic in what this deal was, though, at the time. Like, the number that was thrown out was 8 M's, 8 million, right? And, and for a guy out of high school from the West Coast that had no family ties to Tennessee, Tennessee's been middle of the road as far as playing ball and trying to find that five-star quarterback and how it was negotiated, how you went about doing it, those types of things. You had to have known somebody was going to come souping either one of your rivals, which has happened before, and on the opposite side, the Tennessee-Alabama fiasco, right, for the Memphis situation with the prospect that was down there, right? This has happened before when you make these types of moves and disrupt the flow of operation uh smart move understandable and i'll even say this too as somebody that as as a team that's in the sec or even usc right in in uh southern cal i would be asking questions also when you have this type of story break with nil with a guy not from your state you have to take these measurements these these thought carefully thought out measurements to make sure you're protected so smart. Sucks to spend that type of money on lawyers, um, but you got to protect yourself in a very new NIL era, and it was even newer back then. That's a couple years back, that is. All Gee. I got to say is UT, Pac-Man, greater than the NCAA. <laughs> Fair. Robert Walsh uh, tells me in my ear uh, this was a negotiation. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't oh, going to drop that out on, here for everybody else. Please say it. They were no. good at negotiating and negotiating. That's right. Look at that. That's right. You've been hanging out with me way uh, too that's, long. That's, Rob, I'm going to give it. That's a one out of five. I, I like the thought. <laughs> Since when have the we fact, rated things out of five? Yeah, that's because I don't want to That means it's a two out of ten. ten. Yeah. 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 Look at like Ramon's bets oh, over three weeks. Oh, oh, hell. See, see, this is why I threw that up, Rob, and I Whoa. use LeBron James Duncan out when I knew you have a comeback. Soft um, is not in your game. Okay? From December 2022 <laughs> to February 2023, Tennessee paid $84,000 in legal fees for general advising mm. from BSK attorneys on the future NIL case. During that same period, it also paid 86000 in legal fees for their work on the Pruitt case. So essentially, Tennessee, for about a two-month span, spent the same amount of money getting ready for a fight to protect Nico that they did spending money to investigate Jeremy Pruitt and fire him for free. <laughs> that, that is literally playing chess while everyone else is just trying to assemble their checkers board and raise the money to have NIL. 
615-737-1045 is our number. Coming up, Rhett Bryan at Titans Radio joins us talking Combine next. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.